Welcome to What's on Your Souls, a relational podcast where you can relax and enjoy conversation, inspiration, encouragement, and motivation in a judgment-free space. Don't continue to drag around that emotional debris. Here's what's next on this episode. This space today that Dr. Bell and I sit in is uh, specifically designed for all the parents who contact us behind the scenes during this pandemic and the considerations and the thoughts that have to be given to what do I do with my child? Have a seat on the porch and let's examine what's on your soul. Hello, this is Mia and we'd like to welcome you to the What's on Your Souls podcast, a figurative relational podcast that talks about just the things that we bring into spaces that uh, accumulate on the bottom of our souls and then we bring them into the spaces of others and um, we ask them to deal with it. And so today I'm very excited because I have a special human being with me once again and this is Dr. Joy Bell. Hey Joy. Mia, how are you? I'm well. How are you today? Doing well. Doing well. We have so much to talk about, but of course we are confined by the time restraints that are placed upon us. And so we're going to try to move through this moment with uh, intentionality and efficiency. But this space today that Dr. Bell and I sit in is uh, specifically designed for all the parents who contact us behind the scenes during this pandemic and the considerations and the thoughts that have to be given to what do I do with my child with this arriving school year? So to um, almost kind of say that Dr. Bell and I have a right to talk about this, Dr. Bell has spent a career in education and as an administrator and as an educator, uh, and then I have spent many years in the educational system as well as an advisor, consultant, and counselor. And so together, I think we might know just a little something, something that we can share to the people. Uh, do you feel that way, Dr. Bill? I really do. Okay. And so um, the reason that I ask for Joy to come and sit on the porch with me is there is this dissonance that is existing present day between people making decisions which have to be made and need to be made or are being demanded of them um, in regard to the care and keeping of children and the education of children. And it is so complex. It is an entanglement of sorts. And so um, we, I want to use this moment to almost disentangle and to kind of clean out the closet to see what it is. Because I, as a therapist, um, the dynamic that I want to really pay attention to is there's always this dynamic that goes on with relationships where, um, and I'm a Hamilton fan, and it almost feels like the room where it happens, if you're not present in that room, but decisions are being made that are going to personally affect you, there's this dissonance between being almost forced to trust what you don't really trust and being mocked if you don't trust it um, and what you kind of feel and what your worries are and all of that not being brought to the table or not sufficiently addressed. And so we're going to try to navigate through that because we weren't in the room where it happened. And so we'd like to ask questions now. And so we will take about um, five minutes 
and take a break. And then I'm just going to let Dr. Bell go into this first checking. Dr. Bell, how are you today? I'm doing well, Mia. How are you? I'm well. How is your family? Everybody's well. How are you feeling during this season? Yeah, I'm feeling all sorts of feelings as many are feeling those. Um, what what feelings. do you feel? Well, that, feel you know, little, that's not going to be a sufficient answer Well, for me. you know, I feel excitement in some ways because there, there's some reimaginations of things that are happening all around us. Um, I, I have concerns. I have children of my own. I have parents. I have grandparents. I have those sorts of things that I've not seen for a while like many have. So there's some definitely disconnection that's happened mm-hmm. and, and those sorts of things. But overall, I'm, I'm feeling hopeful. Uh, I feel like in, in, in the sense at the bottom level, we are connecting as a world. There are definitely challenges, but I think that we have an opportunity and I think in, there's light there. And so I'm hopeful. So it's nice to see light. Um, and we will talk about, we are specifically talking about the connection between education and the pandemic. But if we can, I also want us to visit the space of all that has been going on in our world pertaining to race. And as educators that sit in educational institution, what the mandate is in that regard, if any, or if that has taken um, a back seat. Although, again, I want to say that I believe the fingerprint and the residue of that is on people and they are waiting um, for some kind of response to that that makes their arrival feel anticipated to versus reacted to. And so we're going to take a break and then we're going to jump right in. We'll be right back. More conversation on the way from What's On Your Souls with Mia. In the meantime, if you have a comment, log on with your laptop or smartphone to miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H dot com. From the audio player, click the leave a comment link. Let your voice be heard. Now, back to more of What's on Your Souls. We are back on the porch. Dr. Bell, you ready? I'm ready, Mia. You have your shoes upturned? Turned. So what's important about this conversation, Dr. Bell, is that it is real. It is not just the acceptable answers, but it's almost like you have to kind of go back in between being a mother to children, being an uh, educator, being an administrator, knowing what you know and what you don't know and being honest about that uh, because those are the conversations on the porch. And so I'm, I'm just going to think of some questions to ask you because I know you are not accustomed to me asking you questions. Is that correct? At all. Not at all, Mia. We're being sarcastic, but we're ready. <laughs> okay, so here's the first question that I have. What um, are your thoughts about children returning to school in the fall? Wow, I think that's a, that's a good question to ask. I have many feelings. Um, let's start as a mother. Okay. Um, I have um, an 11-year-old and 13-year-old um, that have, just like many kiddos, been quarantined at home since March. Um, we have, we're, they're ready to go back to school and I'm ready for them to, to join the population, but <laughs> in a very safe way. Um, I, I want them to, I don't want to just send them out there. So as a parent, I have concerns, but I feel like it's time for them. I think that the, okay, can we talk about that? Yeah, so sure. first of all, so I'm gonna break this down in, in little bites. We're okay. eating an elephant here, but we're going to do it section by section. So when you say you want them to feel safe, what does safe mean to you? 
I want them to feel like um, the virus is not waiting to get them. And I think there's a sense that in the world that doesn't matter what you do, that virus is going to be a part of your life. And so I want their emotional responses, their emotional safety. For me, it's more of the emotional because we are, we're doing what we know to do, right? We're doing what we're doing. In the been, tangible way. In the tangible way. Mm-hmm. And so in, in my concern or my thoughts in terms of my children and then as we move to the children that I'm responsible for is their emotional safety. Um, some of them um, have been inside their home. Some of them have only been a couple places. Some of There's so many different things. And so I think that in education, in homes as a mom, I want them to feel that they're going to be okay wherever they are um, if measures are being taken to protect them. So the, for me, the emotional is top priority. Um, we're, I mean, I'm in, you know, I'm doing this every day. We're, we're bleaching and Cloroxing and sanitizing and all those, and spacing. But I think we're going to find ourselves with children in a, a building that have emotional concerns because of this pandemic. So you know that that's why you're here, right? Of course, I'm it's, always. It's the intangible for us always here on the podcast. It's the fear and that you can't quantify it, nor can you regulate it because it's on a continuum, right? So as you said before, there are children who have been at home this whole time. There are other children who have been allowed to just roam freely um, about the earth. And then there's an in-between, right? There are children who have been directly affected by COVID, someone that they know or love has been ill or has died. And then there are children where they know no one who has done that. And then um, most of all, they are children. And so just that ability, I spent um, about 11 years in a building that just simply contained pre-K to fourth graders, babies, which was a delight to me. Um, But I'm very acquainted with how they move about the earth and that they are touchers and that they are lovers and they are inquisitive and curious and they get sad and they want to be comforted. Um, And just they are. I tell people I used to come home and from waist down, I'd just be filthy from hugs and touches and um, just clinging. And so I'm trying to figure out that emotional mental component. And I know that you're familiar with that too. And even in regard as a mom talking about your own children, what is the cost of that joy if we move forward to do school, just to do school for education, but we suspend and retard the emotional mental component, what is the cost of that? I think the cost is significant. We have to not abandon one for the other. I don't think it's an either or. I really don't. I think we can find ways to educate our children, but also attend to their emotional needs. And if we take one over the other, we're going to be, we're going to be in trouble. Do you feel like um, those that are in the room where it's happening are taking that into consideration? In the spaces that I'm in, I feel like they are. I feel like that that is primarily, you know, how are they feeling? How do you have a kindergartner come in after four months of being away from their teacher and not hug them? Um, how do you um, help a teacher not hug a child when they're crying and they're, they miss their mom? Because they've been with their mom for four months. Right. And so it's those, those kinds of conversations, not only the children, but also the adults in the room. You know, I'm a hugger, Mia. And um, I saw Mia today and I said, Mia, you know, and it's because I have con- concerns as well. So, you know, when I want to hug those children, you know, and I, I have the hesitation, you know, I've seen people now over the last month 
and we don't know what to do. Do we, do we hit an elbow? Do we rate? We don't know what to do. It's just such an awkward situation that we're in as a, as a world. But in terms of education, I mean, I love loving on those kids. Those teachers love what they do. And so the kids are coming back with concerns and that we're concerned about, but also the adults that are in the space. And that's from whatever level you sit in education. How do we do this and do this well? How do we ensure that these children know that we love them even though we can't you know, give them a kiss on the cheek or, or hug them or those sorts of things? So it's just it's a challenge and an opportunity at the same time. It is, and I do, uh, I appreciate you mentioning the teachers themselves because then that speaks to the dissonance that I talk about when you are being mandated to do something that you yourself might not feel comfortable doing, uh, but it's monetized incentive. And so uh, there is, I don't even know how to explain that. I know that you know that there is a psychological component to that because it's almost like your freedom is being compromised, but it's on a continuum. And so um, I, I find it fascinating and I'm already seeing the residual of it behind the scenes what fear does and the unknown and unpredictability which you know we don't ever really have a secure known other than what we know in our worlds but um okay so that was mom let's talk about educator what are your question how do you move yes same question how are you moving through this as an educator and administrator knowing what you know like that people are bringing their children their fears, their concerns, but they also want them, like you said, to get back to school because there is this vying for uh, normalcy and to be normal. But I do want to say, I don't know that it's like everything. It's like 9-11. It's like the Oklahoma City bombing. Once it's occurred, it's occurred and you are forever changed. And so to continuously try to strive for what was is almost um, impossible. What you're looking for is the best of the new normal, right? Because you can't unsee what you've seen, right? And that's the thing that causes psychosis is when something has occurred and people pretend like it hasn't. That happens in families and uh, when they're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. He hurt you, but we're good. Mm -hmm. Well, no, he hurt me. Mm -hmm. This happened. There was a trauma. The world came to a standstill for a moment. And now we have to establish what this looks like without bullying one another to make it happen. So as an educator that is responsible for <laughs> all the things you just said and making it um, a safe space, what are your, what are the things that you have to have and have to continue to take into consideration? And how do you do that and still educate children and make up for any deficits that have occurred while they were not at school? Well, I think those are 17 questions, Mia. I'm sorry. But I'll go ahead and answer a one and a half. I splinter like that. I'm, I apologize. I, oh, sorry, but for not sorry. Me, I, I think this, my lens is always, and I tell parents this whenever they're in my office or I call them or whatever the case is, I'm a mom first. That's how, that's the lens that I use when I'm sitting in a seat in an education world with that's your child. Um, yes, I may not fully understand, but I do because I want to protect my child as well. So I think I, I always lead with, I get it. I get the, the concern or the not concern or wanting them back, but wondering if there's, I mean, all of those different things because I have the same feelings. But then the second level of that is transparency. Um, I think parents uh, right now in education, 
a lot of leaders are just they're trying to figure it out. Things are so fluid. They're changing every day, every minute, by every order or mandate or edict. <clears throat> and so we're trying to do the best that we can. I think parents appreciate transparency with a plan. Um, and so we can have, yes, they want to know that we're, we're working it out and that we understand, but what's the plan to keep my child safe? Um, and so I think for me, it's just letting families know that we understand. I may not fully agree either. They may not fully agree. But what we can agree upon is that we love your child. We want to keep them safe. We want to educate them. We want to recoup the time educationally that was lost between March and May, and then the regression that normally happens over every summer, right? So all of those decisions that we're making is to ensure that we get that time back, that we get them back where they need to be, but that we're also taking care of their emotional space. That is the priority. Mia, you know, you can't teach a child if they're, they're frightened and scared and hungry. I mean, that's, that's Maslow, right? So you can't, you have to attend. And you have to attend to their needs. You have to attend to the parents' needs. You have to attend to the teachers and the staff needs. There's a lot happening at the same time. It is. And, I, and we are aware that children carry sometimes their parents' fears and repeat their parents' words and bring that into spaces. And so I am just trying to imagine the management of that. It seems simple when you hear it on the news or whatever, like this is what we're going to do, this is how we'll move through it. But we know that the bog down below the waterline is the emotional, mental component of it all. So it's a complicated conversation. We're going to take a quick break uh, and joy and i are just going to sit here on the porch <laughs> look out on the horizon for a moment and we will be right back more conversation on the way from what's on your souls with mia in the meantime if you have a comment log on with your laptop or smartphone to miaembro.com that's m-i-a-m-b-r-o-h.com from the audio player click the leave a comment link let your voice be heard now back to more of what's on your souls. Okay, we're back on the porch and I have the honor of sitting with Dr. Joy Bell today and we are trying to just find some room on the porch that provides some kind of comfort and affirmation for parents and their children and for educators as we figure out how to navigate and move through what is before us concerning all that is going on in the world and education, the connection to education. So Dr. Bell, if I were to ask you, and I am going to ask you what your sage wisdom would be, and I know that that is a huge uh, request, but to, so to three populations, to students, to parents, and to educators, if you were to give them any advice from your experience about how to move through this where they have their souls intact, but they're also moving about the manner of business that is before them, what would you advise? My advice first would be to parents, follow your gut. You know your child. You know what they need. You know how they're feeling. You've been with them probably more over the last five months than any other time, possibly. You know with their emotional states. So if staying home is best for them, then keep them home. If you know your child and it's, they are driving you crazy in themselves because they need to be with their friends safely, then 
then explore options. And if your school is not that option, then explore options that will support that social interaction. There's so many options out there right now. So there's not a one or the other. Such as what, Dr. Bell? Like, I mean, what does can, that look like? You can homeschool or you can have the virtual option or you know, some schools have the hybrid option where you can come on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and stay home on Tuesday, Thursday. Or you may come on Monday and decide, oh, I'm not sure about this. I'm going to stay home the rest of the week. Schools are really rising to the opportunity, a challenge opportunity to really respond to families and their emotional needs as well as their educational needs. So if you don't feel comfortable with where you are in the school that you're in or school system, then explore other options for your child. For the child, I would say, whatever you're feeling, feel it and share it with the adults that you trust. Um, if you're excited about going back to school and you're, you have your uniform and you're ready to go, and then you get on campus and you have a, that feeling, that, that fear, whatever happens to you, share that feeling with those who you love and trust and be honest because they are going to support you. That's what I would say to the children, whatever age that they are. Um, parents, I would also say to teach your child how to articulate. The younger they are, sometimes they don't know how to do that as well, but teach, teach them, teach them how to, to express themselves um, in this very different season, they're going to need to know how to do that well. Um, and for teachers, I would say, and staff, I would say the similar things. You know, they are really teachers and anyone in education, we're on the front line. You know, I've now said many times in many ways, we are essential workers. You're, you have a teacher in a classroom that is now teaching through a mask and children are separated and you can't do the normal things that you would do or maybe what called you to this profession. I would say also the self-awareness, the self-care, um, being able to be honest to your administrator about how you're feeling. Yes, you know, we are women hear me roar, men hear me roar, but we are humans first. And so I would just say, you know, yes, you can put that cape on, but in this time and in this season, you may need to take that cape off and say, I need some help and I need some additional support or this is how I'm feeling. I want to be well so that I can best serve all of those faces that are in my, in my room and that I'm responsible for. So their self-care and their wellness is at the top of my list as an administrator. And I want them to feel wherever they are, whether you're in private school or public or charter or whatever, I hope that you're with an administrator that cares about you as a human first. Um, because that's exactly what you're going to need during this time. It is. It's so. It's such an unpredictable time, so there's no certainty. Not that there ever is, but certainly it's blatantly in front of us, and I do think it's important that we're aware that we are dealing with what is happening presently in front of us, but you are engaging individuals who might have previously been exposed to other traumas, right? And so this... Uh, brings back to their remembrance or it ignites or it triggers. And that could be for children and for adults, for the educators. It could be about loss and fear. And you could be inviting them or asking them to come back into a space that symbolizes something they felt before. And um, just to be sensitive to that. And so I would love to hear your words too, Dr. Bell, on because everyone is not in the room when decisions are made, what are your words in regards to providing acceptance and a listening ear and making space 
for other people and wherever they are on this continuum without what you think is right and what you want consuming all the mental and emotional space in a room that speaks covertly to people that we don't have time for you. We don't want to entertain your grief, your loss or whatever. How do you make room for everyone to show up as them as their full selves and be accepted and at the same time teach curriculum? How do you, how does one do that? We'd like to know. Yeah, that's a million dollar question. Of course you know, for it me, is. Mia, and now you've, you know, know me a few years. It, it comes again back to relationship and conversations. It's what we're doing today. It's having the conversations. You know, you may have this pandemic and all that it's given us in terms of an opportunity. These feelings may show up as anger. It may show up as, I don't know why I have to wear a mask. I didn't have to, you know, the other school's not doing that. It may show up as fear. It may show up as sadness. It may show up in so many different ways. And so for me, it again comes back to the same basic thing for me. And this is just hold or how everyone moves differently. This is how I move. Um, it's just having the conversations, you know, I will be meeting with, you know, our staff and, and say, listen, I know there are many different feelings that are happening. This is what we're going to need to do to ensure that these children are safe, that you're safe while you're here. What you do when you're not here, an administrator cannot regulate that, but we want to make sure that we're doing things so that we can all be together, together, safely and well. But again, those are conversations that I would have in a really, really strategic way, in a very loving way, a very clear way. Um, but also there may be folks that say, well, listen, you know, I, this is how I feel, or we don't believe this is real or whatever those things are. Um, how do you navigate that and teach? You just keep talking about it and being clear. That's how, that's how I move. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just, let's have the conversation that here's where we are. Here's what we need to do. Tell me how you're feeling about that and how I can support you. Um, because I think I feel confident that we're all on the same page. We want to, there is no normal. And I, I totally love the way you describe that, Mia. It's the new normal or an abbreviated, I don't know what you call this. I'm sure there's going to be many books written about this time, period. But we do want the kids learning. Again, we want them back in some way. We want the social piece to be there. We want them not to have regression in their learning. There's some key things that we can agree upon, and there'll be some things that we don't. But I think the things that we agree upon are enough to bring us all to the table, to have the conversation and work through those differences that will definitely rise to the top. It's a tall order, Dr. Bill. It's a lot. It is a lot. Because it's ever-changing, as it always has been. It just is in front of us now. So we are thinking of and praying for all of you that are in this profession, and we are grateful for you, and you are essential. And I know that you know that, and we understand the complexity that you're not asking robots to come in and teach. You're asking human beings that were created with a purpose and have their own feelings and their own experiences. And then with the care and keeping of children, um, which for me is always, um, and I know it is for you too, I just think they're so dependent upon the wisdom of us. And if we don't get this right, they are resilient, but that is not an excuse for us not to do our best. Um, and I work in trauma with children and know many people have said we've done it. That was the best we could do. And it forever is on them. And so um, I'm just praying that we can do this well and that we're doing this wise and that our motive is pure 
and that we move through this with grace and respect of one another, knowing this is a new room that we have discovered in the house. This is not somewhere we've been before. And so I might be looking in the corner at dust bunnies. Dr. Bell might be looking up at the ceiling and seeing lights. Uh, and we have to make time for perspective taking, for suspension of judgment, and for thoughtfulness, and to move through it with grace. And so we're so grateful. Is there anything else you want to say? I love that. I'm going to take that term new room because that essentially that's what's happening um, for us all, that we are definitely all in a new room. And so when you come into a new room, you take inventory you know, well, I like that chair in another space, and I don't think that belongs there. But the reality is we are all in a new room together. If there's only one commonality, if there are no other, that is so true. And a new room that you didn't expect to build. Yes. Like, all of a sudden, like, someone woke up the next morning and said, let's do a renovation and build a new room. Yes. And then someone gets to the room, and they said, well, the air duct doesn't work. I don't have any air conditioning in here. And then someone else was like, we don't need air. Like, we need, right, because there was no blueprint for this. Exactly no plan, no what is your preference. So we have to be mindful of that because we're moving amongst human beings and to be thoughtful. Um, and I want to say that I just think that that's the biggest concern. It's not even what the kids are going to learn because they're going to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to learn life. It's the care and keeping of people mm-hmm. and of children and how mindful and thoughtful we are um, because we've had whatever is in you when somebody bumps you is what's going to come out of you. And so I always tell people, I don't, you know, when you order your coffee, leave space for cream and sugar. Because if it's just hot coffee, I mean, that's what's going to come out of you. Be thoughtful. And it's not all about just you. There's a lot of people moving around this. Um, and so I'm so grateful for you. Now I have some questions for you. you yes, ready? So you were on, you've been on the porch with me before. You've been on the porch with me a million times. It just isn't always recorded. But um, I want to <laughs> ask you some questions now. I was thinking of some other things. Because I want to model what it is to be fully present with a human being. What does this world feel like to you right now, Dr. Bill, and all that's going on? Just for joy. Not talking about your children, not talking about your family, not talking about your profession. Just for you. Like, what are your, what is your takeaway in this moment for today? Because we're doing this daily bread, like day by day. And I'm ta- And when I say this to you, because now we're doing the ending of the show, it's not only the pandemic, but it's also about all the race-related issues that are going on in the world. Because as an educator, I know that you have to be concerned about that and how to have those conversations with children as well. So I'd love to hear your voice on that. Okay, that was just 22 questions in one. Let me I'm go. I'm trying to condense it down. I get better and better. Every day, I'm being refined. How am I feeling? Um, Mia, I think it changes. You know, I think it changes um, for me, if I were honest. You know, some days I feel like, man, things are pretty normal. And then, excuse me, I go to Walmart and I feel like I'm in Beirut. Um, And so then I I know that it's not. Something has adjusted, you know, inside of my home with my children and my husband, with, you know, where we're watching the voice or whatever is happening, it seems okay. Then when you go outside and there are little children with masks on, it doesn't. And so I think it just really, from, from day to day, I feel different things, but still stable in who I am, but I have different emotions um, about what's happening. I have different emotions as a mom, as a wife, as a daughter, as a granddaughter, as an educator. I have different emotions. Um, so how am I feeling? I'm feeling well. As I said before, I'm feeling hopeful, 
but definitely I have a myriad of emotions that happen for me, just like most humans. And what do you do with those? Yeah, sometimes I talk a lot about them. And then my husband runs to the other room. <laughs> sometimes I'm very quiet about it and reflective. Sometimes I watch a little binge TV. I do all kinds of different things to sort of find a space for all um, that we have. Sometimes I pray. I do different things um, to manage those emotions. So I don't have a perfect formula to it because um, it feels new to me every day in some way, um, depending on what sort of information is coming out on any given day. But yeah, so that's how I'm feeling. I know I haven't answered you. but no, you did. It yeah. just sounds like you feel what you feel. Yeah, I feel when what you I feel. When you feel it, right? Yes. Um, and that you find some form of sanity and social acceptance for it. Because I will go back and say, we find some deposit for our feelings at all times, uh, either a socially acceptable way or a deviant way. So if you like to cut, you either become a surgeon or a serial killer. Those are just things to think about. Yes, thank um, you, Mia. You're welcome. Um, and now... I w- <laughs> I need everybody to keep a straight face that are, that is sitting with me in this moment in order for us to move through it. So um, I think what the message is, Dr. Bell, is that it's okay to be where you are when you are there, that you are in the room and there's space for that. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't think there's any other way. You know, we've, we've sat at the porch together, as you've said, recorded and not. Those feelings are going to find their, their way out. And so this, it makes no sense to say it's not happening. I don't feel this. This is un, not unusual. Um, this is not sometimes troubling. Um, but I think it's what you do with those feelings and how that comes out is, is, is what, what matters for the individual and for those who are around you. It's very good. Okay, it seems like we're going to have to do a part two. We're going to have to do another podcast about racism. I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for you, Mia. I am so grateful that you have been put on my life journey and that I continue to learn from you and that you um, willingly impart your wisdom to help those around you. It is such a blessing. And so for all of those that have joined us and invested their time in the midst of so many things going on in our world, we are forever grateful. And we always, always hope our number one desire is that in somehow this provides some element of rest for your souls. As we bring another episode to a close, we want to thank you and check out our website at miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H.com. Leave us a message or feedback. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes. And join us next time as we discuss what's on your soul's.